Alright. Stop, stop there, stop there. Dude, just go just with go. it. I'll, I'll cut it. Ah, okay. I'll cut it. Did you... Never mind, I have the time here. What's going on, everyone? This is Everyday Faces. Um, just a little branch of the art dealers where I sit down with a couple of random faces, for the most part, some random faces where we just speak about things that we um, are interested in, in life, talking about life, passions, and all that. And I'm sitting here with a very good friend of mine. Um, I've known this man for a long time. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. He's a very good person, a great friend. I'm chilling with my lovely friend, Linda, hey, what's the people? co-host of the Art Dealers. That's Introduce right. yourself, bro. What's, hey, what's, what's your name? That's Where are you it. from? What's happening? So, hello, everyone. Uh, familiar voice, of course. Um, hmm. It's resident Black Spider-Man. Uh, it's Linda Karabom Juli. Brief history on myself. I'm 22 years old, uh, turning 20, turning 23 this year. Um, been out of school for five years. Uh, graphic designer by trade. Also dabble in a bit of videography and fashion design and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in Soweto, in Fulo Township. Mm. Uh, also lived in Kenya for about four years. Um, my dad was transferred there so we were back and forth between SA and Kenya which is really cool um, moved to the suburbs of Bryanston in about 2004 and then moved to the, my current house which is like just an extension to um, since 2007 so I've only been this side for just over a decade um, so I've seen both sides of the economic spectrum mm, I've been uh, I've been I wouldn't say we grew up poor but we definitely didn't have a lot. I lived with my grandmother. My parents had me before they got married. So it was a bit of an awkward situation in the, in the, in the hood. Uh, but growing up in Soweto was cool. Um, you know, had everything I needed. Um, but I still went to school in Sandton, which is interesting, getting taxis and stuff like that young and all that kind of stuff. So it was cool. So like I said, I've, I've been on both sides. Um, things <coughs> kind of went well for my, for my parents. Mom got a really good job at NetBank. My dad... Worked for a very big marketing firm called the DMA, Direct Marketing Association. Worked there, for, both worked there respectively for like 10 years. So we actually like financially did really well and had a lot of cool things. We had a lot of cool cars. Uh, my mom has an M3. Okay, um, flex on us right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was blessed enough to get a 1 Series as my first car. Jeez. So it, like stuff like that. Um, and recently it's been, it's been interesting. Uh, my dad has his own company. Uh, so it's not as comfortable as we used to be, but it's not bad by any means um i went to king's college here in bryanston for my high school went to Grayston prep for primary school uh, which so two pretty pretty lonely schools if you want to say it like that um not like top top but definitely not anywhere near the bottom school fees here are quite expensive um but yeah that's me uh like i said I've had a lot of a lot of interesting the the being the different backgrounds have really shaped me it's been mm. very cool yeah um, so I called my lovely friend over here to just come and speak about um, a topic that is very important in most of our lives, friendship. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking now, just to keep it organic, just based off what you were speaking about, talking about um, living in Soweto mm-hmm. and then coming to Bryanston and just like seeing different dynamics yeah. in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think a nice, a nice topic would be I mean, being black. Yeah. <laughs> if you're being, if, cool. if you if you're just trying to be organic, um, what does it what does it mean for you to be black? 
That's a very good question, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's only been 22 years. So we, for me, it's been like obviously born post post apartheid. Um, so a lot of things that my that my folks went through that I have not had to go through, like systemic and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, enforced racism. I definitely think. Um, being black now, especially being a young black man, there's been there's sort of two things that always strike me, um, and both none of them are really good. From a non-black looking at me, it's always been like, uh, oh, you're a bit of a coconut and and all mm. this and all that, because I'm not the typical like black person that you see, and a lot of people that I'm I'm surrounded with or that are in this particular part of Bryanston have only really grown up around white people or around a certain race so and the only exposure to black people has been guys who are gardeners or security guards or whatever and when they see someone who articulates himself well who just so happens to be black it's like oh you're a coconut and everything but like that doesn't define blackness or whatever and from black people uh i mean we we've, we've had conversations like this all the time i think and I would say there's two parts there. There's people who are my, black people who are my age who sort of are going through the same thing as me, who s- feel similar things um, as far as like opposing people looking looking from the outside in. But from black people, um, I think I get a lot of a lot of support from a lot of black people, which is cool. Like I see a black person in a mall, and it's almost like like a cool vibe. I see a black person here at church for the first time. And it's like I've known them for a little bit, like for like longer than just meeting them, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think just in general, being black and uh, being from quite a privileged background, um, or like very lucky to have been brought up the way I was brought up, um, I do get yeah. a lot of uh, little like other black people looking and like, oh my god, like not yeah, a bit of like edge, like not mm. so not the immediate like oh. when when you were caught certain things like a coconut, yeah. Um, how did like it make you feel? I think it still makes me quite angry, to be honest. Um, it doesn't make me defensive in any way because, mm. like, like I said, I'm not for for people who call me that. Maybe that's their only frame of reference, like like a specific view on blackness. Um, so for me, it it still makes me quite angry, to be honest. It it does like kind of boil me boil my blood a little bit, but it's <laughs> almost like. I try and brush it off because it's like it's not something that I think really matters. Um, like people will have a view of you, like irrespective of your race or your your class or whatever. Like people always have an opinion of you, and uh, whether or not you choose to let that take over you is like it's 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 quite a like it's something that you should try and like build a, a wall. Against. Yeah, for me, um, I also went through that similar um, experience of. Um, <clears throat> living in a suburb where most of most of the people around me is like white or indian yeah so when you meet um black people that are not from the suburbs they will look down on you and say oh you are separating yourself from the roots mm. and all that and I'd, i grew up having um being in conflict with these type of um understandings of what it means to be growing up in a suburb mm. as a black person yeah and I would have conversations with my parents as well, and my mom would always try and tell me that um, you shouldn't blame blame yourself for who you are. It's something that was made. It was a decision that me and your dad made to come here and try and 
um, build an, a life for bo- for your brother and your sister mm. in such a way that you would um, benefits in in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's just been a, a big conflict in my life for a lot of my high school and primary school. Um, um, yeah, for my primary school and high school growing up, mm. but also learning about it now. Um, you you come to find that growing up in a suburb does um, hinder you from um, certain information. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to try a lot harder. Yeah, you have yeah. to try a lot. You have to try a lot harder to to gain information that is not really always available when you um, when you're growing up in suburbs because it's, it's, it feels like a bubble a lot of the time. Yeah. So that's something that I've noticed just growing up being called like a coconut or um, people would, would assume like yeah you only date white girls and all that yeah. stuff like that yeah how does it make you feel besides, besides like the, the um, you said it was a struggle but like how does it make you feel yeah back then it like it felt like damn like mm. I couldn't I can't help like most of my primary school I was just like living my life not yeah. caring about anything and then now you you find out later like oh you're not re- you're black but you're not really black and like it did, I was in a, a lot of conflict and depression over that. Like feeling like you're you're left out of conversations with black people. You're left out of conversations with white people, Indian, all that. Like now you're just like chilling by yourself, yeah. thinking like, what do you have to yeah. put to the table and all that. But now, like I understand it, and it's not. Um, it's not like I can't. I shouldn't be blaming myself for it, and also. Based on how the last few years have been going, I've put myself in positions where I learned more about the, the information that was given to me in primary schools, in private schools, or schools that were like run by white people in general. Yeah. And also, I learned about the information that wasn't given to me, mm. and just like putting myself in a position where you are right in thinking that you're not better than someone just because you speak more fluently in English yeah. you're not more intelligent because people can't always articulate themselves in certain languages but if they speak in their mother tongue they would they can give you like a thesis on something yeah. so it's just like something that's because I don't know I feel like I don't know I don't want to like offend people but like the perception of speaking the neck in this country is like almost it's still like looked down upon mm, yeah, by, yeah. by upper class people and even um, even like black people mm. that can't speak Vinak. I always, I always think about my lecture that I had last year. Um, he was, he had like a very strong African accent, mm. and people would look, would would laugh at him. Like black people, we, 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 they would be laughing at him and saying, "We can't hear you. What are you saying?" And all that. And I'm just thinking, this is kind of weird that you're looking at this person who has a PhD in yeah. this in this course, but you're just basing his intelligence off. Of his accent, mm-hmm. it's also like Julius Malema. Yeah, people would, people would say, "Oh, yeah, he's he's stupid. I can't I can't um, listen to Julius and all that." But you just like you forget about his accent. Just think about what he's saying, how he's articulating it, the right words he's saying. You can see this man is intelligent beyond his Very years. Smart, yeah. So yeah, it's, words are words are very powerful. Like especially like with him, he's extremely clever. Hmm. But like. I guess the question from me to you is how do, how do you feel about your blackness? Are you like when you think about being black? Like what does what emotions come out? 
Um, what emotions come out? Um, like I'm, I'm proud to be black. 100%. Like I can, I can feel that being black is much, much more different than being a white person or someone else. Because based on our history, you, you, you have to be proud of our history. Yeah. The way black people have managed to take bad things and make them good, or even laugh at them. Mm. Just like the N word. I always, I always laugh at that, thinking like a hundred years ago or a couple hundred years ago, people would be called niggas in a bad way. Mm. Then black people managed to take that word, appropriate it, take it, and then turn it into something like, hey, what's up, my nigga, and yeah. all that. That's a fire. You can't even deny that is fire. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, the ending of apartheid was, like, way too good to be true in the mm. sense that sure. what should have what should have happened at the end of apartheid was should have been black people would, would get in power and then just like do the exact same thing that white people have done because in general most of the other races have taught people the idea of revenge and mm. you must do what they did to me and all that but like the fact that they sat together and said we're going to go against what you expect us to do and we're going to live in peace and you're going to have to deal with it yeah. that is that is crazy it's like a it's like a Something that you can put in a Bible or like a yeah. Quran or something like that. just yeah. that that story that the ending of about it is like crazy. Yeah. So like something like you should just like be proud of as a as a black person like you. There's no way you can't be proud of being black. Mm. And I don't I don't look at being black as how how black you sound like yeah, in yeah. quotation like how black you sound. It's not it's not that. It's, it's like um. I don't know, it's just like something to be proud of. I can't really explain it, but like yeah. it's just something to be very proud of and Yeah. I I'm very proud to be black. Yeah. Like I, I really um <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I yeah, I'm super thankful that out of all the races that I was black. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't mean that in like a yeah. way, just because like A because I've never I've never spent a day in my life not being black. This is my only frame of reference. And I'm very happy with this choice that uh, that was given to me. Thank you, God. <laughs> um, but, like, for me, like, I'm very interested in, like, my family history. And it's very mixed. Um, like, my, my grandmother's half Indian. Um, my my grandfather's mixed. Like, there's there's a lot of, like, mixtures and stuff. And, but I'm still very in tune with, like, the black side of, the historical black side of my family. Um, and even, like, the stories that come out of there, like, are really cool. And even just thinking of stuff we learned in history whenever like we learned about like Malcolm X and you know Stokely Carmichael Martin Luther King Mandela and all these guys like Chris Honey and I always like feel like man that's these are guys who I can look up to like legitimately look up to I'm more I'm, I'm probably more leaning towards like the Malcolm X like kind of vibe like as much I'm I'm very much a pacifist and like I don't I'm not like for war and everything but mm. his message for me was way more empowering then MLK's MLK I love him and I think what he did what he did was great but for me sometimes I feel like his message like really underpowered black people because it was like let's get beaten up but then let's not fight back which is a, um, I get that I understand that but then MLK was like if you're going to attack us we're going to defend ourselves hmm. by any means necessary and for me that's way more empowering because it's like you're not he's, he was showing black people that you're not worthless you're not worth getting beaten up you're very, you're as human as the person is beating you up. Why are they not getting beaten up? Or like not not that it should be like a yeah a thing, but it's like like there's there shouldn't be any like I'm beating you up, I'm be, you're beating me up type of thing. Like you you're worth something. And for me, like messages like that really 
like reading about it like and I only really like dove into Malcolm X sort of like after high school um like really really like I watched the movie I read some of his books or books that he were written about him mm. and like I just really really resonate with his story and like his his him as a person and kind of the black panther movement um and I I'm I'm sort of like really really for black lives matter like not like militantly like I don't argue people about it like if <laughs> but like whenever I see like a black lives matter movement like with them protesting in courtrooms and stuff like I'm I can I can back that I can really back that and like I know I don't live in America where like here getting stopped by the cops is not nearly as dangerous yeah. as getting stopped in America here I've been stopped by the cops a billion times and it's been fine like I don't feel like my life is in danger where unfortunately in many parts of America that is a genuine fear and even like and that, the, the argument that a lot of people is like what about black on black crime like yes it's a real thing like I'm not trying to argue that that's not what I'm talking about now um but like the the fact that that is a real thing you can't there's black people who and you can't use that argument to it's not the same thing yeah it's not the same, it's not the same thing and it's the numbers is like yeah. way it's, it's like saying um um when people talk about like how the high levels of rape against women mm. and then people say oh what but also men get raped but you, you must look at it like as if the numbers of women getting raped compared to the numbers of men yeah. is is like crazy yeah. and not to like undermine yeah we're not undermining yeah, it but like, like yes, you can't get raped too but like, it's not that's not the argument yet. yeah not the and argument. you can't use like a bad to to look down on another bad yeah, like it's the lesser of two evils yeah. like what and even like I was I was joking around with Carla Thompson, friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Carla, shout out to Amy, um, and Claudia if you're listening, um, and Dan. <laughs> um, and I was I was just walking past, and like she, we were talking about something, and I was just like, "Hey, black like Black Lives Matter," and then she was just like, oh, "White Lives Matter too," as a joke, because I know that's sort of like what she is. And then I I even like started thinking about it, and we watched a video on Jubilee uh, a while ago. Oh, I did. I don't know if I showed mm. you. Um, it was. Uh, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter the whole sit down conversation thing Jubilee is like one of the best channels on YouTube honestly if you haven't seen it like it's amazing the conversations are dope and the the question that they said was All Lives Matter or do All Lives Matter and like everyone sat down because every single matter, life matters 100% like there's no one life that's more but the All Lives Matter movement was started in direct conjunction yeah. to Black Lives Matter like that was the argument that the one black guy made like do all does every individual life matter 100% 125% but the all lives matter movement was started in direct conjunction to black lives matter to be like or oh, they have something this have something too and for me it's like like you just you just a you're undermining black people but you're undermining a movement that is meant to like empower black people like irrespective of the bad that they've done and all that kind of stuff because not not that they're perfect uh, that I'm sure that they've done like whatever but yeah like but back to what I was saying I do feel very very like I do get very proud about being mm. black like I don't ever feel like um, being black is ever a bad thing that's yeah, never yeah. a bad thing and also like I always go back to Steve Beagle when he's talking about changing the way black people think that's Amazing. a very that's a very important part of I think being black I think a lot of black people still feel like they're below white people and just yeah. feel insignificant and quite frankly like to me um, I think Trevor Noah said it in an interview at the Breakfast Club. He was like, "Apartheid was the perfect form of racism." Like, and I thought about it. I was like, "He's actually talking like sense because 
as much as it was this enforced thing where black people lived here, white people lived here, colored people, blah, blah, blah. What they did, me- what they the, did mentally, the, the, the mentality of apartheid was to legitimately make people of color feel like they were worthless or feel like they were below white people. It wasn't the... You can you can say black people must sit there, white people must sit there, but then I'll still feel cool about being black. But then if, like, systematically over years and years and years, I'm being told and... Like things are like I'm being shown. I'm being shown that I'm actually worth less, worth less than a white, worth less than a white person. Like you eventually start to think it. Your kids eventually start to think that their kids. It becomes a generational thing, and that's sort of what we're in now, where there's a lot of people who, who have come out of apartheid, older people, and still feel like that. And then there's there's still a lot of issues that we still have to deal with. Like is is apartheid is, of course it's over, but like the ramifications and like the effects of it are still even- so far. <coughs> Even an important part is also how white people also um, condition menta- mentally mm. in apartheid was like a very vital part because even see it now when people say it's not that bad, you must get over it. Yeah. But that's because they weren't actually shown what was really going on or yeah. they, they didn't even hear what was really going on. And it's also passed down to generations and it's just like, um, it's just a, a very important thing to, to think about that we were taught completely different things. Yeah. Black people were taught, no, you must get away from being black and what, what, what it means to be white is like the right thing to, to be. Mm-hmm. And white people were taught heavy things about black people. Like, for example, I, I was reading last year that there was um, this ideology that white people were taught that black people can't get depressed <clears throat> and I think it's called Bantu hysteria and stuff like that. Sure. It's like it's a con- like a disease that black people have. <laughs> just thinking about just thinking about how crazy that is. Yeah. That they can't get depressed, and when they when they're going against white people, it's it's because of like their mental condition and all that. Yeah. So, and that's not even like ten years ago. That was like, I mean, it's not even like a hundred years ago. Yeah. That's like thirty years ago, yeah. twenty years ago. Which is not that much. Really. It's not. It's not long ago. Yeah. So that's just like a. It's interesting. Very Super, important. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm. Sure, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting, like especially being like a young black guy. Like, I kind of feel like I I I sometimes feel like I am not allowed to have these opinions because I didn't necessarily grow up in some yeah, form yeah. of struggle. But for me, it's like I mean, I've never experienced such hate, such like hatred from another race. Like I've ex- like everyone has experienced like social racism. Like it doesn't matter what what race you are. Like there's a there's a general preconceived notion or, about black or institutional people. or institutional hundred percent. There's general preconceived notions about white people, black people, Indians doesn't matter. That, that's social racism. It's just it's a, everyone is a part of it. Um, so I've experienced from that point, and yes, I've been I've experienced like racism to a higher degree, um, and like but nothing that's where I was my my life was in danger, and. I don't know, I feel like, especially, I mean, I've had arguments with people like my age and maybe even a bit younger who, like, almost condemn me for feeling like this, feeling a bit like like there's still issues. And I, I mean, not that issues are, like, so bad or that I'm experiencing them personally. But, like, even here, and, like, uh, we're in a very, very, very white part of Brainston. Like, extremely, historically white part of Brainston. Mm. Not because it's, like, this is just where white people lived, like, for since Brainston has been made. Yeah. Um, and whenever like we're at church and stuff like I just you just sort of see it like like there's not a lot of black people here um, 
but and in even like like I don't and I don't want to like roast anyone, but like since I've been a part of this church, I haven't. I've, there's never been a black preacher, and like for me, like th- <laughs> there's there's small things like that. Like I'm not saying it would change the dynamics of the church or anything like that, but it would be nice to see some 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 representation there. Hmm. And like it's cool. Like Lebs <coughs> leads worship, Panashi leads worship. Um, like I lead in some capacity. Um, like there's a lot of black people who are doing amazing things at the church. And at the school and everywhere, but like just representation, I think is important. And, and like even for me, like I, when I see like someone who's black and like doing really good things for community and just in general, like I really like get quite inspired by that. Yeah, representation is very important. Yeah, and even like I know he's not like anywhere near, but like guys like Jay Z, I look up to, and like he does a lot of good. And and like, I like, mean, like if it if it influences you, imagine how it influences like a child yeah. looking up at someone on the stage or mm. so, uh, like a black person doing something big because yeah. seeing seeing a having a role model that looks like you is a very an, amazing feeling and yeah. is an important thing yeah. for example we, we didn't really have that many in like in terms of movies and all that as, as when we were growing up mm. and now they see it like in Black Panther yeah. and all these other things all we, all I had was like Booker T, yeah, Booker T. <laughs> in WWE. Yeah, just why shout out to Booker T, bro. And no, I totally agree. Like there was, um, I think even just on the Black Panther thing, like a lot of people, like I, I'll talk to and be like, it's overrated and all whatever. So, like it was overhyped. Yes, of course it was. Um, but the, the people just don't understand that that really yeah, was a thing. Like it could be like even like a fifty percent, yeah, like a rotten yeah. tomatoes. But like just seeing that. That black superhero. Yeah. Imagine what that does for children. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, besides Booker T, there was this <laughs> cotton show uh, called uh, Static Shock. It was a DC, it was a DC comic. Hmm. And the main character is a black kid, a black kid in high school. They had dreadlocks. I had dreadlocks when I was younger. This was like the coolest thing for me. Hmm. Um, and he had like, he was like this, the hero and everything. It was, it was dope, dude. I really, I love that show. And like, I totally agree. Like if that, honestly, if I can only point to like two people, both of which are basically fictional. Obviously, that's kind of the point of like yeah. movies and stuff. Like that's and obviously because I was younger and like only watching really TV and stuff. Like that that really says a lot. And like now, even now I, I watch Black Panther. I'm like, this is amazing. Like there's there's me. There's a part. Yeah. Of me. When I look at it, I was like, I always think like, I wish I was a kid on this came out. Like yeah. I wish I was like 11 years old because mm. that would have done a lot of things. Because all you had was. Bugatti and all these things but then you also have to you're forced to idolize a white superhero like the Spider-Man and all that now you want to be like that but then you can't really you think that you can't be like that because of the skin color and all that yeah, so he doesn't look like me you know that kind of stuff yeah. so it's like a very important thing to look at yeah and yeah man yeah that's, a, that's about it we just trying to have organic conversation yeah, over here quick ones bro because you were supposed to speak about something else but like I thought like it was a very important thing to speak about so yeah man this is the first episode of Everyday Faces shout out I'm gonna find some more people like I I just I like this organic feel just like walking around or just meeting up with people and chatting it's like hey I have a little bit of a podcast we should speak about this Mm. and we meet up yeah so thanks for the for the opportunity. Of course, bro. Thank you, man. And thanks for everyone who was listening. Shout out. Until next time. Yeah, guys. Peace Shout out. out.